here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. You know, we, uh, we had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Hold right on, now, Jeff, Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh... You have to love a nation that celebrates its independence every July 4th. Not with a parade of guns, tanks, and soldiers who file by the White House in a show of strength and muscle, but with family picnics where kids throw frisbees, the potato salad gets iffy, and the flies die from happiness. You may think you have overeaten, but it is patriotism. Irma Bombeck. Today on Shake Them Ropes, March to Battleground continues. We go over Flair versus Sting in our top 100 matches to see before you die. And Rob giveth and Rob taketh away. Last week, we didn't have time to fit it in. This week, I'm wondering what we're going to fit in, but Rob says he has something. So here, as always, the host, the brains, the calming influence of Shake Them Ropes, Rob McCarron. Rob, how was your fourth? Hi, everybody. My fourth was great. How was yours? It worked. You worked? <laughs> I oh. worked. All right. And I, at home, you know, it was fine. Okay. I'm, I'm, but I'm on vacation after tomorrow at work, I'm going up to Vegas for fight week. Uh huh. It's yeah, it's UFC fight week, a WWE yeah. superstar fighting for UFC and it's not CM Punk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I have, I have got, yes, I fight week. I've got my body in shape for the ultimate challenge in Jeff's life. Pity sex. No, oh, I'm Jesus. Not. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening either. Oh, I don't think. A good Christian boy. I can't possibly do that. Yeah, where are you? Uh, where are you staying? Because all the fights and stuff are happening still at the MGM Grand. No. Yes. All right. So where um, where you stay? Well, last time they happened at Mandalay Bay, and now they're at MGM Grand. Um. No. Last time they were at uh the the main fight card was MGM. I should say the last time I went. I suppose. Okay. Yes. And then the the other fights they had one at the Cosmopolitan, a smaller show. I think it was a fight pass show. Oh yeah. This time they're doing two at the MGM Grand, both of which I'm going to. And then they are doing the big 200 on Saturday at uh, the new T-Mobile Arena where Money in the Bank was held. It's a big arena. I, could, I was stunned when I found out when that thing was supposed to be opening because I was in Vegas in early March and they had just put up the frame for the T-Mobile Arena. And then, gosh, like a month later, it's all done and ready to go. Apparently, those oh. are how fast those things happen. I will be staying at a hotel called none of your business. So that, <laughs> okay. All right, fine. You I'm, don't I'm have staying, to tell me. I'm on, no, I'm on the strip. I'll You're on the strip. That That's good. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, we have a packed show today. 
we actually have a, a really packed show. I didn't think we were going to. I put it out on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow the show. Jeff is at Crap Game 13. I put it out on Twitter because I didn't think we had that much to talk about. Nothing happened on Raw. I mean, there's our Raw review. Nothing happened. And, uh, you know, we got some uh, questions to go into. And then I started thinking, what else could we talk about? I'm like, well, the one thing sort of of note from Raw is the announcement that Brock Lesnar, uh, his opponent for SummerSlam, will be revealed tonight at the SmackDown tapings this Thursday on television. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Cody Rhodes and some different things going on along with him. The Cruiserweight Classic starts uh, with the Bracketology special this week. So we'll mention that very quickly. And then a couple of news bits. We'll go through the Twitter questions. And then later on, Jeff, the return of the NXT weekly power rankings. So we oh, got, really? oh yeah, I got some power. I got some NXT. I ranked some folks. We got the power rankings to get through uh, here on the show. So there's okay. quite a bit. There's quite a bit. You wanted to mention something before we started. Did I? You did. The plug? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if it was the plug or the Rusev thing. Um, no, if, if, if for some reason you enjoy old wrestling and old history, um, I am on this week's, uh, this past week's, we recorded Sunday with uh, David Bix and Span and Chris Zellner. I am on Between the Sheets on the Place to Be Nation slash Pro Wrestling Only Network, where we talk about actually the year of the match that we're reviewing on this show. Uh, it's Except it's the week of July, I think it's July 4th or July 3rd, 1988. So uh, if you want to download that, I'd appreciate it. Give me some love. I tried to do my best to hang with those two who had infinitely more to work with than I did, but I watched all the television. I think I did an okay job. <laughs> giving them the old shake them ropes bump. We can't be too, uh, we can't be giving that out too much now. I will not. All right. Uh, so we got uh, quite a bit. What's the, I'm curious though. Now, mm-hmm. what is the so-called Rusev thing? Oh, I was, I was trying to figure out who he was being built for. Oh, okay. Who well, maybe think- we'll, We'll talk about it here with the uh, the first thing I want to mention, the Brock Lesnar opponent. We are recording this, obviously, Tuesday afternoon. It is not yet uh, the SmackDown taping, so we don't know who they're going to announce as Brock Lesnar's opponent. I put it out on Twitter. I put a poll out there because there's a lot of talk that it's going to be uh, the first person I put on this poll, Randy Orton, who is uh, getting ready soon to make his comeback to the ring. I put on this poll, who is Brock Lesnar's opponent going to be announced as? The choices were Randy Orton, Rusev, Kevin Owens, and the infinite other field. Randy Orton, at 52% of the vote, is the majority of fans thinking who, go, who is going to be the Brock Lesnar opponent. The majority think Randy Orton is going to be announced as the opponent. Rusev got 7%, Kevin Owens 15%, and the other field, which could be Cesaro, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, the WWE champion, whoever that may be at SummerSlam, really the whole field is getting 26%. So you got Randy Orton versus the field. Randy Orton is winning at 52%. Maybe that's who Rusev is getting built up for. I actually think if I had to pick one person right now, who's getting the match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, it ain't Randy Orton. It's Rusev. Mm. Interesting. I, uh, I don't think it's going to be anybody with a title. I, I just think it's going to be someone where, for, for lack of a better term, if the fight or if the fight happens and Lesnar is injured, then the match doesn't matter. So I think it's on that tier of Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or Cesaro is going to be announced as the opponent. I'm leaning towards Cesaro because he's not doing anything right now. He has the Heyman connection and he has the shoulder quote unquote injury, which would play into the match of the story. But I could see it being any one of the those three. 
Yeah, we, uh, I mean, Rusev, to me, yes, he's the U.S. champion. Maybe he's not by SummerSlam, you know, and maybe they do a non-title match. They can do a non-title match with Rusev. Rusev losing to uh, to Brock Lesnar. Maybe somehow Rusev even wins. I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm just surprised that I know everyone wants to thank Randy Orton. It, for once, the, people aren't speculating Finn Balor, which is cool. I mean, this is finally the, uh, we, we got to it here in July 5th. It is now the time finally when people stop guessing Finn Balor is going to be the mystery opponent every single time. Um, Randy Orton to me, yes, the timing makes sense for a Randy Orton match just because he's coming back. But do you think they really want to put Randy Orton in with Brock Lesnar in his very first match back and have Randy Orton lose? After having shoulder surgery? They're yeah. not an, and also they're not announcing Randy Orton on SmackDown. Not, I'm not sorry, before he even a, starts training for his comeback. Not before he's even cleared to come back. That's that's not even. I mean, that's look. They hold Orton in in enough regard to announce that on Raw. I I just don't see them doing that on SmackDown. No, that, and that's a good point too. I just don't think Randy Orton is going to be the the person here. Uh, Randy Orton may be on SummerSlam. I just don't think he's going to be wrestling Brock Lesnar. At that time, I think Rusev makes uh, quite a bit of sense. They've re-ha- they've re- rehabbed him uh, quite a bit over the last couple of months. He's got the U.S. championship. You can always do the U.S. title. I think Rusev would be a, a quality enough opponent. Opponent. My question, though, is why even announce it this week? Why not wait until after Brock Lesnar's fight at UFC, uh, at UFC 200? Why are you doing it? This week, why are you doing it on SmackDown? What is the uh, point? Why why would you not wait until you see how actually Brock Lesnar does in the UFC? Wait until uh, until you see he's actually injured or not. Like what's happening? Because this is the biggest event in UFC quote unquote history, or at least of the year. And well, and Brock Vin- Lesnar's and on the Vince- show. Yes. Who cares and the, and- who his opponent is? They're not gonna they're not gonna talk about during commentary who he's wrestling at SummerSlam. Doesn't matter. Vince doesn't like Dana. Vince doesn't like the UFC. He doesn't like competition. So he's looking to 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 kind of siphon off some of that uh, some of that juice. To be honest with you, yeah, but he's not going to do that. I I know that. You know that. He doesn't know that. You think him announcing an opponent for Brock Lesnar is getting eyeballs away from UFC 200? Do you think that this show that they booked today was entertaining and a and a and a, and a rambunctious three hours? He does. Yes, I think I think Vince lives in his own world where the WWE is more important than everything. So, yeah, I do. I know there's been a lot of talk about, OK, what if Brock Lesnar gets hurt during this fight? What if he gets knocked out? What if he's medically suspended from uh, from fighting in the uh, in the UFC or fighting at all anywhere in the country? What if Las Vegas, what if the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission bans him from fighting for 90 days or whatever? Um, I don't know if the New York Commission, which does regulate this stuff is actually going to care about his UFC suspension or about his medical suspension for wrestling in WWE. I don't know if that's going to be a factor or not, but what if he does suffer some kind of injury? I don't, I don't think think he's going to suffer a big one, one enough to keep him out of SummerSlam, but gosh, we're only, you know, a month after UFC 200 is when SummerSlam hits. That's pretty short window to be, uh, to be hoping everything goes honky dory. Let me put it this way. Mark Hunt kicks hard, punches hard. And I think one goes into the ribs or the abdominal area and downs old Brock for a while. Yeah, I just think I'm, it's, I'm, I think it's early. I think you got to wait until after the match. And what if he does win? If he wins the fight, maybe you go in a different direction with WWE. Mm-hmm. If he, you know, then if he loses, I think there's different opponents. You would get the most out of Brock Lesnar. If, one, if he wins, one, if he loses, you can kind of go different ways, whether you have to rehab Brock or whether you want to keep him on a, a killer streak. I don't know. 
I just this think is why, yeah, this is why you get an opponent where if you have to cancel the match, it doesn't matter. Well, that that is a good point too. They can announce one type of match and then guess what? That's not actually who he wrestles. When they can or, announce a Cesaro and then someone comes in and you know takes out Cesaro and makes a challenge to Brock Lesnar. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could do it a different way. Let me go on my Rusev theory then. What's your Rusev we, theory? We've yeah. already passed it. What's Rusev? I think they're going to do this American angle until SummerSlam. And I think there's a possibility. There's a slight possibility. Jack Swagger Rusev too. Uh, no, the, I think they did this two years ago. Well, I think he beats Zack Ryder next week and maybe the big show the week after that, after Battleground or, or what have you. I think maybe there is there a possibility that in this draft they break up American Alpha and let Jason or at least let no. Jason Jordan win there's over zero, Rusev his zero first night? Zero chance. Zero. None? Zero. You're saying there's none. I'm saying because, there's 0% chance they break up American Alpha right now, yes. Well, okay, they don't break him up. Maybe they give Jason Jordan the win. No. How about that? Nope. None? Nope. Okay. Zero. Okay. Because Zero I can't think of anybody with, hold on, I can't think of anybody with an American gimmick other than maybe Cena again, which they did before. They did it a couple years ago with this same thing. I, I can't see them repeating that. Well, isn't that weird? And I can't that, see them, and I can't see them giving it to Kurt Angle necessarily either. So instead of saying, I can't see anyone with an American gimmick that would make this work. They must not be doing that type of angle. You're going with, I think they're going to do this type of angle. Now let me shoehorn someone in there. No, I'm thinking it's a natural progression type thing as opposed to them repeating history. That's the only way I could see this going. But this is repeating history. They've done this exact angle before, if that's the way you I think it's know. going. That's the, this, that's the one is issue the, with, that's the one flaw with your thought there is they've done it again. They've done it before with Jack Swagger. Stupid optimism and Cena for that matter. They did yeah. it with Cena too. That's right. No, they've, they've done this one before. You can't, you can't quite go back to it. Uh, I guess you could go back to it. It just doesn't fit right now. You know, I Jack think they Swagger are was going back one. to it. I, well, I know that's, you do, but I don't think they are. Oh, that that's why they brought out Apollo Creed O'Neill. No, they brought him <laughs> out because it was July 4th. Well, it, it works into it. I mean, mm. there's no, there's no logical reason to have him fail his family and then fail his country. And then for him to say, happy birthday, America, enjoy your little weenies. He keeps cutting promos on America. It's an America, anti-America gimmick. I just don't know if you're doing that angle if it happens in November. Unless it's election day. I don't think it happens if it's in January. I don't think it ha- that that uh, particular thing on Raw only happened because it was July 4th. And uh, I don't think we're getting the the American thing. Maybe we will. I don't know, okay. but I don't know okay. who fits into it. But Rusev and Brock Lesnar, I think, has more of a shot uh, there. I would, yeah, I'm, I was stunned at how many people actually think Randy Orton. I don't know if this was a Dave Meltzer speculation that people in our little bubble are going all over or what. I, 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 don't, I really don't know what it is because I it was. I think both he and Wade Keller both speculated this, but Dave at least, you know, kind of conjured up that well, this would be his first match after shoulder surgery. I don't think. That would be wise. So I mean, he he kind of uh, he kind of hedged his bets. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be wise to feed either the return of Brock Lesnar into a Randy Orton victory or vice versa. It wouldn't be wise to waste two of them all in the same batch. That right. that wouldn't be wise. Not even taking an account to the to the injury thing. It just wouldn't mm-hmm. make. I would actually if they announce Randy Orton as the opponent uh, tonight for SummerSlam on SmackDown, I would be more surprised at that than if Kurt Angle came back on SmackDown tonight to challenge Brock Lesnar. I would be more surprised if Randy Orton's the opponent than Kurt Angle. That's how surprised mm. that would be if Randy Orton is announced as the opponent tonight. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess it could happen. 
We ne- we don't know. We don't know who's going to be the guy. Uh, Cesaro was an interesting one too because I, I, you know, Cesaro doesn't fit in there at all. So why not? Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff Hardy after being <laughs> deleted. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, let, let's just get through the quick little news bits anyway. Uh, the Cruiserweight Classic debuts on Wednesday. The Bracketology, so at least know, uh, you know, if you've been following along with the spoilers, you'll kind of know what the second round matches are going to look like. Maybe even get an idea of who that final four might be. If you haven't paid attention to the spoilers, this will be your first taste of the Cruiserweight Classic. I'm sure they're probably going to show maybe some footage from the weigh-ins, maybe sh- some footage from the first night, get you like kind of teased from it, the introductions again. Uh, so it'll still be kind of fun to, to see, okay, who those first matches are going to be uh, if you didn't pay attention to the spoilers. So are you going to watch the Bracketology special tomorrow on Wednesday? No, I'm going to be on the road. So, <laughs> um, you know, I may watch it later. I don't, I don't see the point of it, but it may, you know, may bring up some interesting stuff. Maybe they borrow footage from someone. Well, so that like, would be kind of cool. If you like to get into the speculative nature of, uh, of this whole tournament or just wrestling in general, I think that's a main draw. You know, everyone who's listening okay. to the show now, if you followed along with the spoilers and you know who's winning every first round match, I think you still want to see the bracketology special to see, okay, we know the winners. Now, what second round matches can we look forward to? Is, is Kota Ibushi, you know, just to name any one of the 32, is Kota Ibushi in a draw that looks like he has an easy great way to the finals? You know, something Fast, like that. You know what? You make a good point, Rob. I will watch it on a elliptical when I'm working off my buffet of some kind. Taking note into uh, this, because uh, WWE is headed my way next Sunday, uh, just Ooh. what, five days from now. I'm not, I don't believe I'm going because look at who's headlining the show and the B-Town tour this weekend for WWE. Bray Wyatt. The Big Show, Kane and Callisto are your top four stars on the <laughs> WWE B-Towns tour this weekend. The other tour has AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, yada, yada, yada. This B-Tour, not the best. Suck it, corn farmers. Fort Wayne is a bigger, Fort Wayne's a big town. <laughs> Stop it. We're big. We're huge. Uh, the TNA final deletion tonight. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy is getting a ton of pub. Any chance that you're going to check out the final deletion? Watching it live. Are you really? Yes. I kind of want to. I just don't have, I don't have pop TV. But the whole, (laughs) the whole last video, brother Nero with the piano playing and just the absolute pretentiousness and stupidity of it sold me on watching this one. Cause I, 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 it's not, it's not natural curiosity. It's how do they top that? Okay, I'm in. Sure, why not? Right. I, I've seen I've seen that video. I have seen uh, you know some of the hype leading up to this. I really don't know what's going on. Like I can't say here. Okay, this is why they're doing this final deletion or whatever it means. I don't know what's happening, but I do want to watch it. I'm I'm strangely uh, strangely amused by the whole thing. I'm. It's interesting. It's interesting, and that will always draw you more than any you know expositional storyline or anything, interesting people doing interesting things. And Matt Hardy for all the crap he takes over the years, always seems to reinvent himself in an interesting way. Always. Yeah. I, uh, I won't be able to watch it live, but I'll try and check it out afterwards. If I, if I can, it's, it's something, I mean, TNA has been doing a good job. Like if you, uh, if you don't pay attention to TNA, you're still probably aware of what this final deletion is, or at least that it exists. You may not know what it is because I don't even know what's happening. You know, when I had to make the choice, okay, what kind of wrestling am I not going to pay attention to so that I can spend the time on the wrestling I like? 
TNA was one of the first ones on the chopping block. You know, I haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't paid attention close to them ever since AJ left. Uh, so now whatever's going on with Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, I have no idea, but that is I happening uh, I tonight. Yeah, I haven't paid, I haven't paid attention. I went to Slamboree in 2013 or 14 when I was Big in time. San Diego. Big time. Yeah. Second row. You can see me by the time uh, most but, people, but I haven't, yeah. By the time most people listen to this, it'll already have happened. So who knows if you loved it? Great. I'm hoping that, uh, it gets a lot of people riled up. Uh, speaking of riled Alex Riley, I went on Alex Riley's Twitter today. I wanted to see what the, what the guy was doing, what he's up to. Of course you did. He deleted all his tweets. Doesn't man, want you following him. The man's got no tweets up there. There's no rage to be seen. I don't know where my Alex Riley is. You know, you got Damian Sandow out there making bookings. You got Cody Rhodes out there making bookings, horn swoggles on shows. But Alex Riley, nowhere to be seen. And then I looked at who he's uh, following. And he's got like 40 followers. Outside of the, uh, of the bikini contest winners in Florida. Most of his followers are made up of local Republican party members and national Republican party members and the party itself. I wonder if this guy's going to look into something with politics or maybe political talk radio or something like that. Uh, kind of following the footsteps a little bit, uh, where his dad was, his dad was in radio, albeit sports mm-hmm. radio, but Alex Riley definitely opinionated uh, on his Twitter feed. I'm wondering if he's going to get into politics in one way or another, because you haven't heard him in the wrestling scene and everyone he's following right now or are basically uh, politically, uh, politically involved. Would not shock me if he has a gig in radio somewhere. I'd listen to the Alex Riley show. I tried Even to, if it was, hold on. I was Even if to it was right wing talk radio. Sure. Okay. Got to start somewhere. Might as well start at the bottom. You hope he rages on air. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Oh, I'll be, Arr! Alex, I'll be Alex Riley's Arr! co-host. Taxes. Arr! I'll let him say everything. I'll just be the other guy who introduces Alex Riley. I'll be the co-host Alex Riley. If you're out there, by the way, that was my finest impression yet. That was a really good impression. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was really good. So those are your news bits, but now the important news before we talk Cody Rhodes, Jeff, it is time for our weekly feature. The NXT power rankings. Where I list the top four. Ranked by power. Four? I got oh, four this right. week. It's four. I thought, oh, I thought it was I thought it was five, but I guess you're right. It was always four, wasn't it? It was always four, because why not? Everyone does five, everyone does three. Why not do four? The NXT power rankings. Currently, these change every week. You know, you have to watch the television. You have to see who's up, who's down, who's hot, who's cold. Number four on this week's power rankings. Samoa Joe. Up from his number 15 slot. Samoa Joe is getting a card in the smartphone game from WWE and 2K called WWE Supercard, Samoa Joe might be here in NXT to stay, Jeff. What are your thoughts? It's a possibility that they're not going to bring up guys who are known commodities, that they're just there to help the younger guys. I, I, I hope that's not true. I hope it's not true. Because if any guy deserves a run on the main roster right now due to body of work, it's Samoa Joe. I'm just glad they're not cutting him. Why would they? Hey, he didn't have a card in Supercard. Free and clear to get rid of that guy. Number three. Hold on. Are you still doing the Supercard? No. 
Okay. I stopped playing a while ago, but where's where's your next video on that? Number three, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss down from her number one spot last week. 2006 seems to be her year, at least the second half of 2006. She beats Carmella on NXT TV. Asuka's running scared of Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, is she going to be your NXT Women's Champion by WrestleMania 33? Jeff, your thoughts? So when she was 12, it was her year? Excuse me? You said 2006. 2016 <laughs> is what I said. You interrupted. No. Probably didn't hear it well. No, no you probably no, you just said, probably no. just didn't hear it well. Roll the tape back. I bet. I right bet now. when she was 12, that was her year. Check the tape. I bet no, she. Had um, a, I bet she had a good year 12. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I bet she did. I said last week, people giving up on Alexa Bliss right now when she's only 22, 23, just because she's been around for a while is ridiculous. I think it's even, uh, it, it's doubly ridiculous considering she was number one in the power rankings th- last week and number three <laughs> this week. I, I think, I think she has a lot of potential still. I, 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 her heel gimmick, I think needs a little bit more nuance, but other than that, yeah, sure. I could, I could see her on this top four. Number two, Baron Corbin. Number two this week on the power rankings for NXT. He had a vignette on WWE Raw this week. It looks like his WWE main roster debut is imminent. Jeff, your thoughts? Really? You know, Baron Corbin finally getting on the main roster. We waited forever to see him up there. He's finally on the main roster. Yeah. It's good know, news. He's a young guy with a lot of potential. I hope, I hope they don't blow his debut at all. I know. Or, I hope, or at least, you know, capitalize on the momentum. I know. You, what, see, I hope they start him off hot. Don't feud him with someone like Dolph Ziggler or whatever. Just, you know, bring him up, put him in a main event push. But uh, we'll see. Vignettes airing this week on television. Main roster debut imminent. Number one on the NXT power rankings, Hideo Itami. He returned last weekend, Jeff, at the NXT live events, teaming with TM61. His left arm looks about the size of a cucumber, an actual cucumber. Very tiny, that left arm. Hopefully he's ready to roll. Hopefully he's all the way back. Hideo Itami coming back to NXT. Jeff, your thoughts? I look forward to the Paul Orndorff gimmick. It's the worst thing you've ever said on this show. (laughs) Me? You're the one. Okay. I'm not going to lie, Jeff. I may have to suspend you for that one. Perfect. May have to. Suspend you. Yeah, I'm going to have to suspend you until the day before our live show at the end of Battleground. All righty. Cody Rhodes. Is showing up everywhere, Jeff. Cody Rhodes, not quite done with WWE yet. His contract not expiring until August 16th. Do you think Jeff Hawkins, this question has been broached. Joe Lanza on the Voices of Wrestling podcast is is all out there with his hypothesis that Cody Rhodes actually isn't away from WWE, that this is all a work. This is all an excursion, if you will, to build up his credibility on the indie scene before coming back to WWE. Uh, Where are you on the Cody Rhodes theory that he's not actually released from WWE, that he's just rebuilding his name, getting some, you know, groundswell of support, getting some underground cred before in a return to WWE. I can go either way on whether or not he's on the uh, payroll, but the, but the point is still the same. That that's just it. I, 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 the thing that makes me think he's still on the payroll, brand new Range Rover, but other people said, well, maybe Dusty's estate got settled and that was, you know, part of the gift to himself. Some of the, I mean, Joe laid out a very good case on the, on the mothership. So, I mean, 
who am I to argue? Unless you show me different, then I tend to believe it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. If you're unfamiliar with the theory, obviously Cody Rhodes was announced as leaving WWE. He wrote up a a goodbye letter uh, with some complaints and with some other thoughts and whatnot that was on his Twitter feed. Uh, and there's a lot of signs, obviously, that point towards him maybe not being done with WWE. But I think you can classify thinking that Cody Rhodes is still a WWE roster member, and this is all a work, if you will, or an excursion planned by WWE. That is playing conspiracy theorist, right? Mm, no, because it's not a conspiracy. It's it's a plot. I mean, it's a, I mean, they're not really. If he was still in WWE and this was all an excursion for him to eventually come back and never actually being away from WWE, that's a conspiracy. It's a lot of, gr- it's people working together to fool the public because WWE announced his release. Cody Rhodes is playing it like he's gone from WWE. Uh, you know, the, the easy thing to do is to say, well, of course he's released from WWE. Of course this isn't a work. Why would they work us with Cody Rhodes? All signs point to him being gone. But then you start to look at some of the other things like, you know, Cody Rhodes, some of the groups he's been announced as appearing for in the future are pretty small groups, groups that you wouldn't think would be able to afford Cody Rhodes coming right off of WWE. You would think that uh, Cody Rhodes would have bigger money deals lined up for bigger shows, but he's working a lot of small shows in Texas, the East Coast and whatnot. Uh, he's not working Ring of Honor. He's not working TNA. He's not working New Japan Pro Wrestling as far as we know right now. Why wouldn't you go to the big groups? Why would you be doing just these small spot indie shows right now? Uh, those can are I, just two of the two of the different factors. Go ahead. Can I, can I go in between here and say maybe this is a I'm betting on myself move where it's not exactly a work, but it's a let me rehab my image on these small indies. And then if you like what you see, you can bring me back. And I think I think that's kind of what I think this is, because while while I definitely see uh, how this might be WWE planned. Because they are doing different things now. I mean, look at the talent they've brought in. Look at what they're doing with NXT. They're definitely doing different things to where I can't say for sure that no, why would they do this Cody Rhodes angle? Um, they're not they're not working ROH. He's not working, you know, TNA. So he's staying away from the big groups, meaning he can come back at any time. But I, I I'm kind of with you on that. I think this is a, a guy who like Juice Robinson, who left NXT like Sammy Callahan. This is a guy who's going on the indies to build up the indie cred because you look who's getting the pushes. The AJ Styles of the world in NXT, the Finn Balors, the Shinsuke's, the Samoa Joes. You kind of need that uh, that underground support. Kind of need that underground cred for WWE to see you as a big deal because you were made elsewhere and to prove yeah. yourself. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's a no-lose proposition for WWE if, if this is what's going on. He goes to them. He goes, look, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy with how you're using me. You can either have a very miserable employee right now, right. or you can release me. Let me go on the Indies. See if I can rehab my image, become what I think I can be. And then when the time's right, maybe we can find a mutual way that I can come back. Part of the conspiracy theory too, is the fact that Cody Rhodes is working for evolve. And again, Cody Rhodes is not the cheapest talent to book right now. He's fresh coming up, fresh off of WWE, probably asking for a fair amount of money. Now, one of the points that Joe Lanza brought up on this show is that Cody Rhodes might be uh, subsidized a little bit by WWE. I'll buy that. You know, here's I'll some, buy that either way. Here's some money to stay away from the Ring of Honors to the New Japan so you can make your big time money without having to go to a uh, an immediate threat mm-hmm. to WWE. 
so instead of, you know, a subsidization because or a subsidizing Cody Rhodes because you think he's coming back and he's your talent, you're subsidizing him so he stays away from the bigger guys. Not because he's coming back, just you don't want him with a ring of honor. Uh, very interesting to see because when this theory was prev- prevalent too, you know, we were getting DMs, there was Twitter chatter all over the place. Um, when this theory was prevalent, he hadn't announced dates in like December and November yet. It was very, it was very easy to try and think that, okay, he's coming back in October, a couple of months absence. That's why he has nothing booked after that. But now he's got a UK tour planned in December. He's got the dates all the way to the end of December. Um, maybe this theory will go on though. Maybe this theory will go on until he, he gets dates like after the Royal Rumble, like the Royal Rumble might be the big date here. If he's, if he's actually going to come back and this all could have not been an actual work that, you know, once the brand split happens, they just decide, you know what? We want Cody Rhodes back. Let's offer him more money. Give me six months. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he put parameters on, on the deal. It could be, it could be something where, to, you know, Cody Rhodes completely just asked, I want to, I want to go out there for six months. If you want me back, great. I'll come back, but at least give me six months to work who I want to show that I can actually do things, uh, you know, outside of the Stardust character to show I can do things outside of a WWE ring because that's it. Cody Rhodes hasn't been outside of a WWE ring. You know, he grew up in the business. He grew up watching his dad and WCW and whatnot. But as far as him, as far as his career wrestling, he's always been in WWE developmental. He never got that shot in any independent group or any, uh, Mm -hmm. any kind of side from WWE group. So it it could be a number of different things. I I guess the point is, do I think Cody Rhodes is going to be back in WWE in sometime in 2017? I do. I think a hundred percent he'll be back in 2017, whether this was all the work or whether it's just a matter of they want him back at some point and he wants to go back. I don't know but I think he'll be back in WWE in 2017. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that they, there's at least one guy in Bola that can work a WWE style. Should they decide to do it that way? Even though I don't think they want to No, because well, you look at drew Galloway, the former drew McIntyre and right off the bat, it looked like he was going to be stuck to that WWE style, but he's adapted. Yeah. He's doing different things in TNA. He's doing different things in evolve. So no, don't, don't work the WWE style. Make Cody Rhodes go in there and adapt to how everyone's doing it on the indies right now. Cause right. that would be the no, point. No, no. I agree with that. But, but I also, I also think they, I don't think they'll necessarily work that style, but I also think, you know, I think Morrison being in Bola is interesting Yeah, because he's been there as a fan, but he's never been there as a, a, as a worker. So I think that may be a first round match in Bola perhaps. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. It could be a first round match. Uh, it could be, you know, maybe that second round to keep you to the next day. Because I think just the draw of having John Morrison there, the draw of having Cody Rhodes there, not that you really need a big name draw for PWG. If you're unfamiliar, the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla Battle of Los Angeles, uh, a 24 person tournament happening in the first weekend of September, a a big deal on the independent scene, big deal in Los Angeles, a lot of celebrities go and whatnot. Um But yeah, I, you don't need to draw people into that Battle of Los Angeles. They're going to no, come a, no matter no, what. It's a, yeah, it's a safety net. Yeah. For for him. If, if things aren't going well with this style, we can always go back to this old style. On that note, we got we got questions. We got uh questions in uh for our Twitter question of the week segment because I didn't know if we would be able to fill up our entire show. I asked for a ton of questions. We got a nice uh, amount of questions and comments in, so we have a a cool little thing here. But I'll start with this one just cuz it relates to kind of what we just talked about there. We have the King of Indie Style on Twitter asking us, 
Who do you want to see as a final entrant into the PWG Battle of Los Angeles? They've announced 20 of the 24 names already. Cody Rhodes being among them. John, the former uh, John Johnny Nitro, the former John Morrison, uh, is in the tournament as well. We got four spots left, Jeff. What are some names that you would like to see realistically as one of those final four spots? Pentagon Jr. Um, is there any w, is there any WWE name out there that isn't in this tournament yet that you would like to see? I mean, we got, uh, you know, we obviously we have the Cody Rhodes name. We have the John Morrison name. I can't think off the head off the top of my head if Drew McIntyre is in it this year. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think he's been announced. Stu Bennett would be interesting because yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't announced a date anywhere. That's right. The former Wade Barrett would be a pretty cool one to have in the uh, Battle of Los Angeles. What about Rey Mysterio Jr.? That would be somewhat intriguing to me. Not so much because I'm not the biggest. Right now, I don't think Ray. Uh, you know, I think, you know, well, Ray watched it last year. So maybe he he has the itch. I, I that, think that, he- I think he's a name who's a big enough name and popular enough to where he doesn't have to go in and give the the big indie style match yeah. that you would expect from others. Like he's not a Brian Myers. Brian Myers went in there with AJ Styles and stunk up the joint and he hasn't come back. I don't think Rey Mysterio would be at risk of disappointing too many people if he came in for a match. And of course, LaParca and Toru Yano. Roderick Strong's not announced for this <laughs> tournament yet. No. Um, 13 may be his last. I know. Yeah, Roderick Strong not announced in there yet. He By that time, he may be on his way to WWE. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Alex Riley, I think, is the big one everyone's looking forward to. I think Alex Riley is number uh, 24 would be the biggest name they could possibly get. Am I wrong? You've never been more wrong. <laughs> I've never been more wrong. I don't think that's true. And I don't think you think that's true either. No, I can think of many more things you've been wrong on. Uh, Seth asks on Twitter, uh, Jeff and Rob, your opinions on backyard wrestling. So I guess he's talking about the final deletion tonight. <laughs> uh, overall. Opinions uh, on backyard yeah. wrestling. Yeah. It's fine. I, I, it depends on the kind. No, it, it depends it, on. It's stupid for everyone involved, but sometimes yes. that's what you do. It's stupid to do it, but if you get a kick out of it, you know, yes. some, I remember when I was uh, younger, when I uh, was maybe 10 to 12 years old or whatever, uh, getting into the wrestling for uh, for my first time. So I would have been, what, like 11, 12, 13, getting into wrestling for the first time. You're flipping channels. And yeah, we had here up in Fort Wayne, we had uh, backyard wrestling on public access and it would just be randomly on like you're flipping channels and it'll be mm. five o'clock on a Tuesday and there's backyard wrestling and then you're flipping channels and it's like. 1 a.m. on a Thursday and there's backyard wrestling on. If it's you and your buddies being careful and just playing around, sure. If it's you and your buddies hitting each other with crap, no. No. If you're charging people from with for money and you're doing this as a legitimate kind of show, no. Go get trained. These are professionals. It's like like what do you think of amateur stunt work? Right. Uh, just, I think, for, I think, just for your own yeah. safety too, not just because like if you're charging me money and you're not trained, that's on me for paying for this crap, but you know, go get trained for your own safety. So you're not ending up paralyzed in the backyard somewhere. But, but overall who among us has not pretended to be a wrestler when we were in our early teens, early teens. God, I still do. Rover on Twitter <laughs> asks, will WWE separate the new day in the draft in two weeks? This is uh, this is it. It is now time to actually recklessly speculate, Jeff, whether the new day is getting split up in two weeks. Yes, 
And I think Dana and Charlotte get split. And I think possibly Enzo and Cass get split. So do you think they're actually going to split the New Day to where Xavier goes by himself or the much talked about Big E going by himself? I would believe the Big E one before I believed Xavier. See, I don't think they're going to be split up because Robert, I, in the second part of Robert's, Robert's question, uh, he asks, because is the New Day played out or might they be needed more than ever to fill TV time in this brand split? You know what? I, this is another one where, you know what? You can make the case either way. I would say, no, they're not going to split up the New Day, but I can, yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to backtrack. I, I know I hate doing that mid thought because I didn't really think about it, but no, they need. <laughs> just just willy nilly answering questions. Well, I'm doing stream of consciousness. I, know, I didn't, I, know. I didn't see the questions beforehand. No, I think because of the second brand, they need stars and the new day are stars and they're bankable and they're trustworthy and they can go out there on the mic and do promos. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to mess too much with certain established acts, right. but I think there are a couple that are going to be shockers. New day is maybe third or fourth on my list. How about that? Well, how about this, Jeffrey? What if you keep the new day on the same show? And don't necessarily break them up, but you still have Big E by himself in a program and Kofi and Xavier in a program by themselves as a tag team. You could still have the group, but have them kind of split up the way that, you know, early on the shield, the way Mm -hmm. that uh, AJ with the club, if the club goes as a tag team and AJ's as a single, you know, obviously a battleground, they're tied together. But I think you could still have the new day on the same show without having them in a three on three scenario all the time. So yeah, I, that's fine. I don't think you split them up. I don't think they should. Whether they do or not, I don't know. Obviously, we'll check out on the 19th. But no, I don't think I will go that they will keep them together because there's more options with them together than on separate shows. I will as well. I, yeah, they're staying together. Uh, on the same note, uh, same person, actually, Robert asks, which two talents should be separated by the WWE draft? Who do you want to split up so that you don't, uh, whether it's a tag team, whether it's two guys who have feuded before, who should be split up in this draft to where they're not on the same show in danger of uh, working each other again? You go first. I'm, I got to think about this. I, I like the idea of splitting up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, uh, especially because you've done this feud now throughout most of this year. I mean, Sami Zayn showed up at the Royal Rumble. We've, we've had this feud for seven months now. We're getting the singles match at Battleground, which tells me they are going to split them up. And then somewhere down the line, whether you have another draft, whether you have trades, whatever the case may be, maybe there's a scenario in the future where they even team up because they have a common enemy switching shows. Uh, I like the idea of switching up right now, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, I don't I don't want them to split up some of the tandem acts, you know, the Lana and Rusev. I don't want Lana to get drafted to a show opposite Rusev. I don't want that to happen. Uh, but maybe you do split up a tag team. Maybe uh, who's, a t- who's the tag team we can split up? Bubba and Devon? No, that failed the first time. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's no one else I would rather split up right now than Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I think for his own sake, you have to get Dean Ambrose away from the other two members of the shield. Okay. That's a good one too. That would be, that would be my pick because I think he needs to be built up strong. And I think with those two around, he can't be. In his current, in his current incarnation. And I think that's the way I would want to go. I'd. I wouldn't want Dean Ambrose to be on the same show as Seth Rollins, although I don't, you know, that could probably be okay. Uh, I definitely don't want Roman to be on the same show as Dean. I don't right. want Seth the to whole, be the, the one split the, up. Yeah, that, that whole little buddy act. Right, isn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. I think Dean Ambrose being split up is uh, a good one. Uh, JML 
asks, if the Cruiserweight Classic is a big success, should WWE move forward with a women's tournament in the same vein? Sure. As long as, as, long as the women they have under contract can be in it. I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, sure. now that's an interesting point because when I first saw this question, I was thinking, okay, how can I attack this? And I was on the similar uh, idea path as you were. Maybe instead of the Cruiserweight Classic where it's all, you know, kind of newcomers and guys who weren't on TV, maybe you do the women's tournament and have your current women's division involved. The problem I see with that is, is there any fear of the women in the WWE division being upstaged by the independent talent at all? Yes, I don't think they'll do it. I, I think it's a pipe dream because I think the powers that be are more concerned with having hot chicks who can who are athletic than actual wrestlers. I think a tournament might be a good idea. I don't know if you go 32, maybe 16, you know, get 16, 16 of the top independent women. Maybe put the NXT women involved in that. Uh, I think that would be good, but I, I don't know if you bring down the likes of Sasha Banks or Charlotte to work in I that. Can- I could see about a half and half tournament and the winner gets a shot at the women's championship. Cause it would be a nice way to introduce. Yeah. I think it would be a nice way to introduce one or two new, uh, female names into NXT. A nice little thing to do on the, uh, on the tournament circuit. But we, the thing is we have this dusty roads tag classic possibly coming back, uh, right after the cruiserweight classic. So there's, there's not really going to be a time for the rest of this year where I think you can do the women's tournament. So now you're looking at next year and we all know how things change and how quickly they change. Uh, this might be an idea that they had this year that they're not even going to touch next year just because of whatever, some, whatever goes on. I don't know. Uh, Lucas on Twitter asks, are there any indie or international guys under 25 years old that you'll think will end up in WWE? And I will say right off the bat, Jeff, I don't know a lot of the people's ages on the independent scene right off my, right off the bat. The one name I know is Will Ospreay. Do I think he'll end up in WWE at some point? Yes. I think he's under 25. I believe he is. Um, you know, Ricochet is a guy who is, you know, he's over 25, but at the same time, I, I believe he'll be in WWE at some point. That's on the same vein. Like he's a young guy. Everyone can I count? Up. Everyone will end I, up in WWE. Can I count Trevor Lee as an indie guy? Yeah. Okay. I'd say Trevor Lee probably eventually ends up in WWE at some point. I think. Uh, I think if they get him before the age of twenty six or twenty seven, I think Speedball Mike Bailey. Got to get his visa stuff worked out. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. But but WWE could sponsor him and get that right worked out. Uh, Trisha on Twitter asks, was there anything on this week's raw that I need to watch? The answer is no. So Shannon asks, is the Cena tag match at battleground, a way of giving him a win over AJ styles in theory without him actually beating AJ one on one because that no, was, it's, an- the, it's the opposite. It's the way to give AJ and the club a win over Cena without having him or big cast lose. So you would have AJ going up 2-0 basically over Cena. Pretty much. All and then right. that'll, work in, that'll work into SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, because the singles match, AJ and John Cena, I don't think this program ends in any way at Battleground. I think we're going to get AJ and John Cena at SummerSlam. Does that kind of give away the fact that they will be on the same brand after the uh, after the draft? Not if you sign the contract on that Monday during the draft. For a match? At SummerSlam. At SummerSlam before the Battleground match even happened. 
Um, no, on that Monday, on that Monday after, on the Monday between Battleground and the draft. The draft is before Battleground. Is it? Oh, yes, you're right. It is. I thought it was the Tuesday after. It is not. It's the Tuesday before. They do this sometimes. They, I think mm. the, the very first draft, I believe they did before a pay-per-view coming up. Something like that. I think they end up on the same brand regardless. I do too. Don't I think I think John Cena and AJ Styles are going to end up on the same brand. The other brand will get the Roman Reigns. I, I fear the other brand's going to get Roman Dean and Seth. I really do. I fear they're going to get the take. entire shield. Mm-hmm. Because you'll have one side with AJ and John Cena. You'll have Randy Orton coming in, mixing in somewhere. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I don't care. I don't know if it matters what show he necessarily gets because he'll work whoever. That's another interesting point about them releasing the opponent for Brock Lesnar tonight before the draft even takes place. Cause now you have to draft Brock Lesnar on the same show as that person in theory. I'm going to make a prediction. I don't think Randy Orton comes back until the quote unquote season premiere of raw. All right. September. Yeah. All right. Could be, could be. All righty. What do we got? I think that's it for our, uh, for our Twitter questions. I want to thank everyone who sent in a question at shake them ropes on the Twitter machine. Uh, hopefully we got to all those who wanted to be answered. I know someone sent in a question about the Cody Rhodes stuff. Hopefully we answered that question in our Cody Rhodes discussion before we go, Jeff, our top 100 match, our top 100 matches to see on WWE network before you die. Ric Flair and Sting from the very first Clash of the Champions. And kind of on that note, WWE, just as a uh, an extension of the news segment, WWE finally did update their, their uh, pictures, their text, and whatnot on their website for the Night of Champions pay-per-view happening in September in Indianapolis. It is officially now known as Clash of Champions and not Night of Champions. So Clash of Champions becomes the WWE pay-per-view in September. But at Clash of the Champions, we had Ric Flair and Sting from 1988. This is match number 27 on our top 100 countdown. The NWA Clash of the Champions, which actually happened the same night as WrestleMania 4, Jeff. Which one were you watching that night? I watched both, actually. I watched, um, I think I had a VCR recording one or I watched the replay of, of one. Because back then, when you bought a pay-per-view, they'd, they'd automatically give you the replay for free. Mm-hmm. It's a big day in wrestling history. Because it's actually the first time that Crockett decided to return fire against the WWF. Beforehand, WWF had kind of, uh, kind of one-upped Crockett in the pay-per-view game by running, by running um, Survivor Series against Starcade the previous year. And then in January, for the NWA's, first real pay-per-view on home systems as opposed to satellite. Uh, they were going to run uh, the bunkhouse stampede. And that was the day that uh, WWF ran the first Royal rumble on USA. So this was really for historical purposes. The first time Crockett came back at the WWF. Now in, in retrospect, this show got a lot more buzz coming out of that weekend because W because WrestleMania four wasn't a very good show overall. Uh, the problem in many ways is that this quality wrestling belied certain financial problems going on at the time behind the scenes that would eventually spiral into the Crockett's having to sell the Turner. Uh, but this was really stings coming out party after 
after the NWA had, or after Jim Crockett had bought the UWF, uh, the Bill Watts old Mid-South territory, Sting was kind of in that position of being the mid-card guy that they saw a lot in, so they protected him for a while. They put him in like six-man tags at that Starcade, I believe. Um, and then they started building him up as the main new young babyface after Magnum TA's accident. So Sting kind of got the slot that Magnum would be in at the time. Uh, I know you don't watch videos before the start of the match. So this match, while it's while it's great, is marred with certain logical problems within. The most being the introduction of this match, which you have five judges, but, but only you, but only three of them count. This match is crazy. Yeah, obviously the five judges. Okay, so this is a forty-five minute time limit for television, and I can and I can explain it all to you if you need. You don't need to explain it. Right, this is the explanation right here. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter why. Okay. It's a 45-minute television uh, time limit. Normally, they would go an hour, and you have Jim Ross explaining that normally these matches would go an hour, but because of television, it's 45 minutes here because they're sharing this. They're showing this on Sunday night on TBS, the Superstation, the first ever Clash of the Champions, so it's 45 minutes. If, mm-hmm. in case we go to a draw, we have judges at ringside who will decide who wins, who is the most impressive in the match or whatnot. And this would- but there's a- and this would play off into the finish. This. Go ahead. There's a there's a problem with this. And we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten to the most ridiculous part yet, but go ahead. Because Tom Miller, bless his soul, who always just kind of took shorthand and did that for the match announcements, announces that there must be a winner of this match. Yep. And that is why we have three judges, really five judges, but the two celebrities don't count. They're they're just there. They're just there even watching, though, hanging out. Yeah. Even though it was past yeah. Jason Hervey's bedtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk about the so ridiculous have, aspect of J.J. Dillon being hung atop a cage? No, because he did that earlier in the show with Jim Cornette as well, I believe. Why are you hanging up all these dudes on top of a cage? So that they can't interfere. That was always J.J.'s move with the horseman. He'd give them a shoe or a roll of quarters. Have a security guard a outside their office. Do we have to treat these guys like animals? The same thing, you know. The same thing with hanging the managers on the top of the cage. The same thing with having Judy Bagwell on a pole, whatever the, you know, stop hanging people atop the it's, ring. Stop doing the, it. It's the danger factor. We if kind, he falls, we, we, we're get, we, we get rid of J.J. Dillon. Great. <laughs> I, I thought J.J. is one of the more underappreciated aspects of this match because he, he has to do calisthenics for a whole 45 minutes because nobody can hear him. So he's just kind of doing all the gesticulation. I think Tommy Young is great. I think the one angry go- dude in the army green in the front row who is absolutely livid with this decision at the end of the match makes it great as well. Mm-hmm. So um, this is, of course, my favorite play-by-play team. Tom, Tony Schiavone doing play-by-play and Jim Ross kind of filling in the gaps and doing color. I think they're great here <laughs> with, the, with the possible exception of Jim Ross uh, looking at the penthouse pet and going, I bet she's seen a lot of action. Oh, kind of a slip up there. <laughs> there, but uh, match itself does sting a lot of good and, and a lot of uh, goodwill. But of course, Dusty Rhodes' classic mistakes is that he'd always wait at least one event too long to pull the trigger on a guy because in the age of a live event, you can do these kinds of finishes and people will come back wanting to see more. If you continue to do this on television, you turn people off eventually. But this, of course, goes the time limit. And of course, we have 
the penthouse pet who makes the judgment for Ric Flair. We have Sandy Scott, who would later go on and be the booker of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, in f- he, he he does the draw, right? And Gary Juster, who is involved now with Ring of Honor, he does the match for Sting. Gary Juster goes Sting. And then Jason Hervey okay. is just uh, there at the table being like, what's happening? Where's my vote? Along Why with, didn't I uh, count? Along with Eddie Haskell from yeah. the new Leave it to Beaver. Yes, yeah, yeah. the new Leave it to Beaver. They're which very excited debuted. about which. Which we yeah. talked about when we uh, got it feels like a year ago now when we talked about the Fantastics match because I believe that was on this very show. Mm-hmm. And they kept Jim, talking Jim, about the new Leave it to Beaver. Well, yeah, because Jim Cornette cut a, cut a series of vignettes with Eddie Haskell. The new Leave it to Beaver. Not any of that old crap. Leave it to Beaver is coming back. Uh, but, as a ma- but as a match. As a match, it's good. Yeah, it's very good. It's very mean, good match. The Sting intensity. I mean, that crowd was getting behind Sting whenever he wanted them to. I mean, anytime this crowd was, you know, red hot when they had to be. They they took some breathers here and here and there, but at the same, yeah. it was the same time when the wrestlers were like when there was a down spot in the match. That's when the crowd knew, okay, this is our rest spot. When they got amped up again, the crowd would be right there with them, and they were begging for Sting when he had the Scorpion Death Lock on. They were begging mm-hmm. him to get the win at the end. There, there are certain times when no selling makes turns you into a badass, and there were two times at least here where they did. I know the the the, the that first chop where he just kind of no sells it, and it's like oh oh crap, flares in for a night, and then the 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 spot where Flair throws him outside of the ring and he just runs back in. Baron Corbin's kind of doing a variant of that now, except he adds a clothesline to it. I thought that was very effective, and you could hear the the, the crowd just pop like mad for it. Because, you know, Baron Corbin, he knows his wrestling history. He's a student of the game, that Baron Corbin. I hope he does well when he finally gets onto the WWE main roster. Ric Flair went into this match as the champion. He leaves this match. He leaves this match as the champion as well. On the same night when Randy Savage wins the world title at WrestleMania 4, that'll put butts in the seats. And the day that uh, Bret Hart turns face. Yeah. To start, uh, to, because Bad News Brown hits him with the trophy after the Battle Royal to start with. I remember that was uh, my favorite moment of WrestleMania 4 because I was a big Bad News Brown fan at the time. That's right. That's right. Uh, we got, uh, that was match number 27. Next week, uh, I got to get my countdown up here. Do you know what next week's match is, Jeffrey? I don't because I don't have a computer in front of me right now. I have That's a right. box I'm, with a pillow. I'm making you block <laughs> it. Mm. Test out some sound and whatnot. Uh, next week is going. Ooh, I love this match. What is it? I actually, I didn't know this was match number 26. And I just watched this a couple of days ago. Triple oh, H. So you'll fi- hold on. So you'll finally be prepared for one of these. Great. I was prepared I'm- today. <laughs> I watched Ric Flair and Sting earlier today. I will have okay. you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Triple H and Cactus Jack from the Royal Rumble 2000. Okay. You don't remember it's this just, one, huh? This match was excellent. You know, you know, you know what, you know what I'm mixing it up with? I'm mixing it up with the former, uh, match we had with these two. Now, Triple H and Cactus Jack, when it was, uh, you know, he, Mick Foley. When he turns, when he turns into, Mick, this isn't the one where he turns into Cactus Jack from the Raw, is it? From SmackDown. Okay, then I, I don't recall. I believe, I believe it was on SmackDown where he finally came back as crack, Cactus Jack. But yeah, this was towards the end of obviously Mick Foley's big in-ring career. Uh, Triple H, Cactus Jack for the championship at the Royal Rumble 2000. A big Royal Rumble that was. That was the uh, year of the dual win by Big Show and The Rock. Also Taz's WWE debut. 
Um, but this Triple H Cactus Jack match gets crazy. Triple H with the with the uh, thumbtacks and whatnot. So we will watch this match and talk about it next week on Shake Them Ropes. We'll talk about whatever new comes from uh, tonight's SmackDown. You know, if it's Brock Lesnar's opponent is as big as some people think it might be. We'll discuss that, obviously, next week. Discuss the ramifications of Brock Lesnar's UFC fight, as well as anything new that pops up. It'll be our uh, final show probably before the WWE draft. So we'll uh, we'll talk about all the hot topics in WWE next week on Shake Them Ropes episode 160. This has been Shake Them Ropes episode 159. Follow Jeff on Twitter at CrapGame13. Follow me on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and wherever your podcasts are available. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere these days. And if you would be so kind, even if you don't listen via iTunes, Go subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Go write something nice about Rob and Jeff here on Shake Them Ropes so that more people can find us and join the Shake Them Ropes listening community. Thank you for listening to Shake Them Ropes episode 159. Goodbye, everybody. Rob, what if Baron Corbin debuts at the draft? Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.